0: Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, it's Reclaimed Audio,
1: with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 241 for June 24th, 2020. Uh, My name is Phil Pinsky, with me as always is Bill Lutz and Tim Sway, but this week... We have a guest on the show. Stay tuned to find out who that is after this list of top Patreon people. No laughing. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs Paul Jackman... The boys over there, maybe I've said too much. Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Kling Spore, ISO Tunes, Tim Holliner, Levi Hogue, Keith Decent, probably, and <laughs> this guy. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Gangie and Pop Pop <laughs> Makerspace. Greg, why don't you
2: tell them what your name Tim. is? Uh, my name is Greg Fitzgerald, and I am known as Pop Pop. Of Gangie and Pop Pop Makerspace. I'm here in Oregon City,
1: Oregon. And for a uh, the measly the price of only $1,000, you too can be on the podcast.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, there goes my retirement
2: <laughs> fund. I hope it was worth it. I guess.
3: Oh, it was, Greg. It was. <laughs> well, yeah, tell us in about 45 great. minutes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see at the end. Cool. Yeah, so uh, I've been doing this for a couple of years. Um, As I had said earlier, uh, I started dating my lovely wife Carol about the time Bill Lutz was born. Wow!
1: So the turn of the century. And uh,
2: Tim Sway was being thought of, and Pinsky—he doesn't even enter into the (laughs) equation. I got many children older than you. Well, actually, most of you, (laughs) except for Bill. (laughs) So it is. uh, Well, I mean, let's be reasonable. (laughs) I don't have children older than you, (laughs) but close. He's got underwear older than uh, you. I've got, uh, but I've been a, a listener and supporter of this podcast, Mo- listener for longer than I've been a supporter, but Gengi and I really believe in this podcast, and uh, when Bill whines and, and uh, carries on about not giving an iTunes review, I'll put a review in occasionally. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, I think, uh, you know, we have a lot in common. Ganga and I started a, uh, with another couple, a recycling center in 1971 in San Bernardino, California at a, a Navy Reserve Station. <laughs> wow. <laughs> of all things. Yeah, that was in the days when you had to separate the glass into blue and brown and white and break it all and then take it to a glass factory. Anyway, we made lasting friendships over those. I grew up in a farming community uh, and I did not know what organic farming was because it's just what we did. That's what my, we grew hit citrus That's what my days. dad always says, he <laughs> grew up like, on a
4: farm like a gentleman's farm and he's like he's like everything was organic what are you talking about
2: <laughs> right we had a compost heap that was the size of most people's bedrooms mm, that wow. was our compost. that sounds delicious well we had animals <laughs> does it because it was no, probably not <laughs> you had to try turning that yeah. stuff and anyway and uh you know i learned some craft along the way from uncles and dads and grandfathers and we didn't throw things away I actually am looking at a nut and bolt cabinet that has nuts and bolts in it that my father-in-law, who has been dead some time now, found in his morning four-mile walks on the on the streets, <laughs> and saved them all in coffee yeah. cans. And, uh, so, because someday you know you're going to use that metric stuff. or yeah. imperial, right, Bill?
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah oh, I, I actually
2: When I have a random.
1: ...bin so, of uh, nuts and bolts, and I go, I use it all the time. You never know. Yeah. It is
2: amazing. And the bins that they're in came from my dad's auto parts shop, which we closed in 1976. So I still have those bins wow. in there. And, you know, it's so that's kind of the... The era I grew up in was you you made things and you were self-sufficient and then once you got out of high school everybody had to go to college and we stopped making things as a as a couple of nations. Okay,
1: let's We just let, sent people to school. Let's not jump ahead okay. because that's kind of what we're going to be talking about afterwards. But so so Greg, okay. so you're saying so your I, name is Greg.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Are we just are we bleeping the entire first part? <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, nothing That's gets nothing I gets edited. It's, yeah. no, it's all here. No, <laughs> no, really. uh, Yep. So, parent, grandparent, foster parent, adoptive parent, all those things we've been we've done that all
3: in our lives and. Uh, so technically, we don't have to ask you what you've been up to. Then it's obvious by all the yeah yeah, uh, yeah we're skipping yours. Yeah yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: I, I was a pilot up until nine years ago when I was involved in what's colloquially known as an off-runway landing. Billy will understand this. Area one. 51? Oh.
3: Yeah, but you're actually a nice person. How could you have been a pilot?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and a plane owner. I mean, seriously, right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's that, you're, you're one of a kind, Greg, I can tell you. I, uh,
2: well, no, my business and flying partners were also that way, but...
3: Oh, yeah. maybe it's so, California.
0: Uh,
2: yeah, and... Uh, We used to do that to get to work and stuff. And that was fun, but I come from a flying family. My dad worked on B-17s, B-24s, yeah, all that kind of stuff. I had an uncle that was a a B-52 driver out of Elmendorf, Alaska, and uh, also flew for Pan Am, which, of course, no longer exists. (laughs) Howard Hughes. (laughs) I don't know what he did with those. Yeah. So it was just a fun thing. You know, it was a fun time growing up. I can't live in cities. I live in a town of 25,000 people, and I think it's too big. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't live in Alameda County ever because of the traffic. Oh, we're so, uh-huh.
3: so done. We are done. We're just done. Come
2: on it's, up, Bill. Come on up. Up,
3: yeah. Yeah, yep, over to the side or down? We're going somewhere.
2: Yep. Well, that's uh, so that's just kind of history. I dated my... Uh, current wife as a junior in high school we've been we started going out 54 years ago we've been married for 50 of them uh she robbed the cradle my dad had to sign for me in those days you couldn't get married till you were 21 and i was 20 we got married when we were seniors in college because we went to schools five hours apart and couldn't stand it any longer we have four wonderful children and 11 grandchildren two girls and nine boys no seven Seven boys, two girls, one great granddaughter. Yeah, so it's not 11, it's 10. So,
3: but yeah. so I take it back. So we don't even know what you were up to. We know what your kids <laughs> are We know what everyone's up to over
2: there.
1: What everyone's been up to.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: But uh, I, have, uh, I have a small ish shop, about 600 square feet where I am now. And I know for a lot of people who listen, that's gigantic. It sure skills, is. Greg's eyebrows. <laughs> but uh, I also co op two other shops. Uh, with a bunch of other guys, and today is a red-letter day. They're open. Oh. We've had to close them
0: Yeah, nice. because
2: nobody cleans the tools. Nobody cleans up, so we have all new rules now, and I I can't wait to see if these people actually clean up their sawdust because I'm usually the one that spends the extra hour after work. So is this like a makerspace,
3: this co-op place, or just a co-op between yeah, a specific oh, amount of
2: people? Just a specific amount of people, but it's, um, you know everybody brought their own stuff so we have two saw stops and a unisaw and i mean all the stuff i can't afford is there and that's why i'm part of that Mm. nice and uh and for work i still work full time and for work i uh i'm the director of a a very unique working train museum where i have guys who volunteer to keep steam locomotives operating The city of Portland owns three working steam locomotives, the only city in the world that has that. And these guys keep them running. And uh, and then we have, this week we have a Lego summer camp from the Museum of Science and Industry down the street. Last week we had an engineer's camp. And <laughs> some of our people are saying, my God, these kids are going into eighth grade. They know more than I do about these trains. Wow. <laughs> so it's a fun thing. I mean, it, it I really raised money for most of my life for nonprofits and foundations and stuff and when i retired uh i made it three months i couldn't take it anymore and these guys needed somebody to help them and so it's like and my daughter had been there and said it was
3: great so that's what we do by not retired i assume you're, you're collecting a salary not much i'm sure if it's nonprofit, but you are collecting a salary i am okay. yeah good
2: yeah and we're we're uh, actually putting in a do you know what a turntable is for the train steam locomotive steam <laughs> for the train local- <laughs> the train, local- the train, yeah, yeah, train. Sa- san
3: francisco has yeah. a couple yeah. of them yeah. yeah
2: yeah yeah sacramento has the big one mm. so we have a hundred foot turntable from a rail yard that was going to be thrown away scrapped wow uh yeah because they don't need them anymore the steam trains only really go efficiently forward yeah but the, but the modern trains—they've so trains, got to be they, turned they, around once yeah. they come in the yard. Yeah, yeah, the modern trains go both directions, so they got to be turned around. So we're putting this, refurbishing this thing, uh, rebuilding it a little bit, and then putting it in the ground. It's going to be one of a handful of operating, publicly available turntables in the West. Wow!
3: Now where's that going to go? Ri- At the museum or actually functioning yep. in Portland? It's going to
2: take our entire front yard of <laughs> the museum. But uh, because <clears throat> all of our locomotives face the wrong direction. Literally hmm. so if we ever want to get out on the main line We have to back up eight miles to another track. That's called a y-track and then turn it around and then go forward all And then back all the way back to the engine house and load up the <laughs> train That's not very fuel efficient However, we are very ecological and Tim you'll love this because we burn recycled motor oh, No
4: kidding cars.
2: for trains. Yeah. yeah, ten gallons to the mile
4: <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I believe it. I believe
2: it. <laughs> so we're not as eco-friendly as possible, yeah. but but that is a fun thing. I mean, we see kids learning things. It amazes me. When I was growing up, it was all aircraft. Everybody, you know, space and aircraft and that in the fifties and sixties. But these kids have been on a plane since they were in utero. Mm-hmm. Now, right? Mm-hmm. So being on a plane is not a big deal. Uh, and but it's trains. They love these giant trains. And until COVID, they could touch anything because they can't break it. Yeah. yeah. Believe me, they can't break these things. Yeah. Now we have to, of course, keep them away and can't touch it. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I do with my daily life.
0: Oh, what about so Tim? Uh, what amazing. Yeah. yeah. Tim. <laughs> tell us what's what,
2: going what on. <laughs> <laughs> what are we working on? What's on your bench? Oh, and I have the answer to this one because I've been researching this podcast. I have the correct answer a bench a table and a guitar
0: is that what's right
2: everybody's that's the correct answer oh it's Greg
1: went to the Bill Lutz school of stocking that's what's on bench yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey <laughs> it's um yeah it's pretty accurate <laughs> seriously pretty accurate um, but it's it's true uh, f- or else for, yeah for me it's actually not a guitar though it's the uh, it's an air who a two string fiddle that I just finished up oh um I, I was just boxing it up today and uh, and then I also I you know I've been talking about this stuff for months and months on the podcast this uh, the pipa and the erhu Holy peepa.
1: moly. Oh, they're, that pipa oh, thing was man, crazy cool.
4: Beautiful. Wow. Oh. Thanks yeah, the, She played oh. it. Oh my
1: yeah, god. Yeah,
4: I I should be able to put the video out I'm hoping next weekend. The video will, will be out for that. So I'd finished it Oof. like a couple months ago, but then she needed some time with it because it's not like a regular instrument. Like that she played It's different You know It's like this sort of right, Morphism right. So she wanted some time with it And um, and then she was try- You know Getting Adjusting it Like the neck The way she wanted it And the action And all this stuff And they were Like afraid that they're Going to break it I'm like Oh just put a wrench in there And crank it and, You know Because originally She was going to come to the shop And we are going to do all that In person But then COVID Right So right. I just ended up Shipping it to her um, And so then mm-hmm. the air who They were going to come to the shop And I, I, was like, well, I was like Well I was like Well we can mask up And do it now We can, just, we can do it outside But I ended up just shipping that to him and what they're going to do is he's going to spend a little time with his and then they're both going to come to the shop with them and we're going to, you know, tweak them and adjust them as necessary. But so, yeah, like, like, so it's been months that she's had the thing and finally she she texts me like, like a week or two ago and she's like, we finally, you know, we finally tweaked the neck and now I got the strings where I like it. And I was like, oh, great. I'm like, you know, glad that worked out. And uh, she's like, yeah. So we, you know, we, we, we did some recordings. I'm like, great! I can't wait to see it. I can finish the video. And she sent me that the first the clip that I shared around. And yeah. I it was just, yeah. like, yeah. yes, this is like, this is what I was picturing from the day the day she contacted me back in I mean early November. Um, and she's like, hey, you know, would you have any interest in making this instrument? And I, when I clicked on her page and I saw her playing her regular pipa and I saw what she does and the the way that yeah. instrument sounds and. And I was like, "Yes, I don't even know what the hell that is." I'm like, "Yes, I want to make it." Yeah. <laughs> you know? What What is the difference mm-hmm.
1: between? Cause it looks like a guitar to me. So, what's the difference?
4: Well, it's it's a it's a you know a lute, right? I mean, you know, not a lute, but um, every every culture, lute? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Every culture has its own like kind of version of a lute, like a, a stringed mm-hmm. instrument. And it's just you know China's version. What's a little different about it is, I mean, they all have like sort of different tunings and string lengths, and and this the the pipa has these unique frets that are very deep. And so one of the things you can, and they're very long. So there's a lot of room to bend the strings and a lot of room to push them down. she lost some of that mm. functionality in what we made, but the, right. you know, um, but so what we did is we, we shrunk that all down a little bit, a little bit closer to a guitar, but we still kept the string spacing about the same as, as the, the pipa, which is a little wider mm. and the string length, which is a little longer. So, mm. uh, but we took the, those two things like the width and the length and then we applied that to a guitar. And then we applied the body shape to something that had the, the functionality where she could get in on it because the, the people body is very big and bulky and awkward. Um, and so that's why we have like that skeleton frame to sort of represent that. But then now, okay. because it's a skeleton frame, she can put her hand on the inside of it instead of on the outside.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, After stalking uh, their website a little bit, they're not playing... Traditional music. They no, they are basically rocking out yeah. on old school music, well, that's, which I mean, old school instruments. They're rocking out. Right. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, like, it's totally awesome. It's,
4: yeah, they're so cool. They, I mean, they have a lot of electronica yeah. and like keyboards and stuff mixed in, and you know, Jazu. I know a little bit more about her because she was the first one I met. So she's like, I don't know if she's classically trained technically, but she's like a you know classically plays, and so she does all the. I think she played Carnegie, like you know, like wow. like she does all that like, le- oh, she geez. does like that legit kind of stuff. Like like traditional Chinese music, you know, like orchestral. But, well, yeah, but there it's not an orchestra because it's like duos and small solo acts and stuff for that. Yeah, t- so, th- those symphonic. types of instruments. Yeah, fine. Right. Yeah. But you know, so she plays all she knows all this traditional music and stuff. But then she has that. I mean, she's a young woman that lives in America now, and so yeah. she's got all those influences in her. Her husband is in the band, um, and he's a songwriter, you know, composer, um, and so that you know they they just experiment with it and. You know, they, like, they were telling me when I first met them, they all came to my shop back before COVID, and they were telling me that, um, that you know, like, people in China, like, I had never heard of the Air who I mean, I'd heard of them, I'd heard them in music when you watch, like, a, a bad Asian film and you hear the, quote, Chinese music, it's instruments that sound like these instruments. And so the people, like, the, a lot of people in their generation younger in China, they're just, like, I mean, not even as cool as a banjo, you know what I mean, to us, like, mm, or some right. old-timey instrument. They're just kind of, like, dorky. Um, and they're, like, they just have this different relationship with their past and with these instruments, and they want to make them not like that, you know, and mm. extending ranges and electrifying them. and So that was, like, her whole thing when she caught contacted me. She was like, I want to be able to, like, play, like, heavy metal on it, but then also be able to do these and have it make sense, you know. And I was just like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> that's no different
3: than any evolution of, uh, like, the guitar. Remember when Dylan went to electric, it was like this... this Sacred thing that was going to be ruined by that, but it's like it's what young people. Well, do. Yeah, it happens That's more traditional and they even well even before modern. Dylan
4: it, it happened with you know with Les Paul and they, they started electrifying guitars here yeah. <clears throat> You know there was a, we had this folk instrument that was an acoustic instrument. And we started electrifying it But the you know when that happened here like our instruments became popularized around the world But it didn't happen with a lot of these other cultures instruments So like the, the baccalas mm. and all these other they just never really got that update uh, so mm. I'm hoping like I mean, I would love to have other people from other cultures start throwing me these screwball instruments and be like, make this modern. You know, I'm all in. I'm going to send you one right
3: now. I want to see an electric rain stick.
0: <laughs> I, have a, I have a rain stick somewhere.
4: That, you know what? How many strings? No, not, not that. The rain stick is just full of beads in it.
2: I know what a rain oh, okay, stick okay. is. I got one right next to me.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I do have grandchildren. Right? But you could do something interesting with that with um, uh, like some mini, mini triggers pickup. inside it. I'm thinking like putting MIDI triggers so there's certain Ooh. spots when the beats hit them and it triggers oh, them. Yeah.
1: Oh, cool. So it wouldn't actually create music. Yeah. You'd, need, you'd need a computer or some kind of a synth for it.
4: Well, yeah, to do that, it would be kind of interesting to do, you know?
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Love
4: MIDI. Yeah, man. I, I used to play with a guy that played the didgeridoo. Um, yeah. He was a half-aboriginal um, and he... It, like I loved the guy, and I, but it was difficult for me because I was playing bass and we were in the same range, and so we got in each other's way a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But he loved right. the stand-up bass, and he just like wanted to play with it. And I was like, "Yeah, you love it because it sounds like what you do. Like that's <laughs> you know, we're in the same right. range, you know." <laughs> but without have to <laughs> blow your
1: brains out. Yeah.
4: But this, but this guy was he was the easy. We way. did some cool stuff. He was so innovative, and he used to like, he used to show up like, uh, he showed up at one of my gigs with my regular rock trio. We were like a cover band, and and I see him. And he waves, and I'm like, and I just turn to Jamie, my, the singer. I'm just like, I'm like, this song, we're taking a break, and that guy's playing with us. And he's like, no, we don't do that, you know? And I'm like, trust <laughs> me, you know? And so we set him up with a microphone, and the audience is getting restless. I'm like, who is this weird hippie guy with a stick? He's got a cigarette in one hand, and he does a circular breathing thing, so he never takes his mouth off, and he has drone tones going on underneath other notes. It's just, It's just insane. It's just like nothing you've ever seen. He's like, he's, like, literally holding a cigarette the whole time. He's, like, raising his fist in the air. Of the we just jammed in the key of E for, like, 20 minutes with this guy. And that's it, just some bar crowd was just on their feet. It was just incredible. It's just a – Wow. Just <laughs> – I love that stuff, man. Just, like, bringing – just doing a rock and roll song with, like, didgeridoo solos
1: for 20 minutes. Right. So a table.
4: Yeah. So a
3: so table's on my bench. How about you?
1: <laughs> Bill, you go next. What are you up to?
3: I am uh, collecting items to start my, uh, my rifle redo. Oh, yeah. So it, one of the things it was missing oh. was the front sight blade. So I was able to find one on eBay. I just got it. Um, I ordered mm-hmm. some uh, gunsmithing screwdrivers because they are very uh, precise to the actual nuts and screws and stuff that are going to be on the, the rifle mm-hmm. itself. I don't want to screw those up. And uh, yeah, so I'm gonna get started on that soon. I think it's it's um, I'm, I'm excited. I already have some ideas of what I'm gonna do. Um, as far as you know, everybody, it's it's funny because I've already gotten a million people screaming at me. Don't change anything. It's an antique. You're gonna ruin the value. No, I'm not. I'm I'm really not because that's not what it's it's gonna be mine forever. So I don't care how much it's worth to you. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna clean this thing up and I'm gonna make it really yeah. cool. And I'm going to. Just enjoy this thing. It's gonna get it's 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 an heirloom. It's gonna get passed You're down gonna fire it. to my daughter. Yeah. And it's gonna and it's gonna function. Right. Mm. I, I already know it can function. I I've checked it out, there's no reason why it shouldn't. So I'm getting excited. This is gonna happen. I, I'm gonna start on that this week. Cool. So That's good. Cool. And helping the dads move still and got a new couch and oh. my back hurts and You replaced uh, the red monster? Uh, the red monster went away. Okay. And then we got uh, another couch. We we went and got a small leather couch that has a chase part on it for Casey. Right? Yeah. And it was a little bigger than we could actually use in our, our space. Well, here, uh, nine months later... And, and then Casey doesn't like that because she thought, well, I get the chase. Well, Danny has taken over that part of it. So she can't sit on that end of the couch. So she gets her footstool out and wants to sit on the other end of the couch and put her feet up. Well, when we put the lizard in the window, we take the footstool and we use that. So she's still without a foot. Anyway, so the dads are moving, and I got their couch, which is ten times it's it's older and it's worn more but it's 10 times more comfortable right. and it fits the space perfectly. Oh, good. So I was able to mm-hmm. talk to one of my neighbors and say, hey, you want a free couch? It's a nice leather couch. It's only nine months old, blah, 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 blah. So they got that. And then uh, we got the dad's older couch now. And so it's great because it came with two Ottomans. So Casey will sit on one. She'll get up to go be, uh, do something. Danny comes in and sits down where she's at. So she'll go to the other side where the other Ottomans at, put her feet up, <laughs> get up to go get a water, and Danny moves over. So I think it's a game. Danny's smarter than we think. That's I'm saying.
1: She's as smart as well, I know she than is. you. Straight up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I met her.
3: But anyway, we so that's, that's, uh, that's what I've been doing. How about you, Phil? Tell T- me all about what's going on in the world of a Penske. It's
1: a good thing you're sitting down. Uh, first of all, shout out to June Kim, who emailed me to email Bill. Because he happens to work that was for, like...
3: going to be my recommendation. Are you serious? Okay, then I'll <laughs> shut my big mouth. Okay, so forget that. Okay.
1: But still, June is awesome, so thanks, brother. But, um...
3: Yes, he is. Yes, he is.
1: So, uh, I've been talking forever about this, um, this, this dining room table leaf that I'm turning into a lap desk. I don't even know if that's a real term, but it is to me. I'm inventing it if it's not. But it's a desk that basically, while you're sitting down on the floor, you can put this thing down and it's almost like a breakfast... Tray, but it's a desk, and put my laptop and my mouse so that I can play Minecraft with uh, with my son Jake. But um, initially, I was talking. I remember last week I talked about doing like these fake half laps, but basically gluing them in place and having this whole. F- Anyways, we ordered some cheap furniture for outside in the backyard because now this is Chateau Pinsky, and we are living our best lives in the backyard because that's all you can do now. <laughs> but this box of furniture. <clears throat> The corrugated came reinforced with half-inch steel tubing.
0: Oh and yeah, the, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah,
1: and this plastic connectors wow. for the for the I guess eight corners of it, right? So mm. um, screw it. I'm just gonna make I'm gonna make the underside and the legs from this. I'm gonna reclaim this uh, the steel tubing, and just use that. If you, you only good. had a welder, I don't even need it because it came with these plastic three-way connectors. So the whole structure comes together in plastic i'll screw it in uh, no need to worry about wood movement because it's chipboard veneered with maple i stained it um i stained it ebony doesn't didn't come out as dark as i would like it to i stained it 3 times and it still didn't come out as dark it as it does. i wanted to my
3: my guess is also... It's because it's sucking in, That chipboard is sucking that stain in, dude. It will do that for a year. That's
1: what I'm thinking. I'm thinking because it's veneer and not actual wood. Yeah. That, yeah. It, Anyways, it looks definitely Porous. good enough for what I'm doing. And then I put on three coats of uh, polycrylic, and the thing looks like a million dollars. And uh, and I'm gonna I'm going to... I can't wait to see it. I'm yeah. going to put on the substructure, and I'm going to cut up this steel tubing with my angle iron, so I'll be able to do some uh, metal work. But... Um, but it looks great and at the end of the day it's literal garbage so I feel great about the whole thing and uh, and I'm super excited about that and um, I just I haven't been particularly motivated to finish the art cabinet but the project itself is half done and the video is half shot and half edited so whenever I feel like doing another half see that whole thing's gonna be done um, so that's that's what's on the bench right now and I feel like I have a whole bunch of stuff that my wife wants me to do but I guess that'll come next week. Um, let's dive right into this week's topic. Oh, wait, you didn't ask me what's on my bench. What? You use
2: your that. time. <laughs> ah, no. Shoot because no, I have ahead, ahead. a bench, a table and a guitar. Oh. I'm not Do kidding. you really?
3: Bill oh, Lutes, you really do Bill have Lutes. a bench, a table and a guitar on your bench. Is that <laughs> what <you're> Okay, <laughs> but rip through it quickly cuz we got to move on.
2: Answer. All right. Bill Lutz made a video about taking a Harbor Freight workbench, which is the wobbliest, rackiest, yeah. rock-and-rolliest thing on earth. And I got inspired by that. And so I doubled, I took all reclaimed stuff, doubled the legs, tripled the size of the feet. Somebody gave me three uh, seven-foot oak solid oak pallets Whoa. that he had taken apart, that he had taken apart. So I used the two-by-threes. I put... I, laminated eight of those together put them underneath the maple top of the harbor freight bench put in three drawers put a clamp rack on one end put my vise on it and then i it still racked a little so i just well i can't believe it myself so what i did is i took and put a three-quarter inch plywood back on it that sucker does not move it is so fantastic but I made it the exact height of my table saw, so I have an outfeed table Mm -hmm. now, which is good. I don't
3: know. That's genius to me. I think anybody that would do that to a Harbor Freight table (laughs) is genius. Brilliant. I'm just
2: saying. Well, yeah. It doesn't have diamond plate. If I only had put diamond plate on it, it would be genius, right? (laughs) Close enough. But on one end, I also put on a vice made out of pallet wood that I saw a guy whose name I can't mention on this podcast build. It's a... It's a twin screw pipe clamp vice that Jackman Paul Jackman made some years ago, and I ran into that video, and I thought I'm gonna do that. So that's on the end as the end vice. Pictures. And then I, mm. and I got yeah, I sent them to him first because I got a Jackman T-shirt, so I wore that, took a picture of myself next to it. Uh, i Then I have t- two wine casks; those are half barrels, so they're yeah. shorter, mm-hmm. and uh, that gives you four round circles. And So I'm making four patio tables because it's all quarter sawn oak Wow. Uh, Cleaning them up and I don't know if you know how they're made But you have to take the top apart because there's a reed in between every stave in the top and that's what seals it And they also have wooden pins in them. So take it apart mill them all put them together That's good. And then I don't know if you can see behind me which the folks on the radio can't but that's my uh, 28 doors and sixteen drawer front project. Uh, Gengi wanted the whole house redone in shaker, so I'm replacing all the doors and drawers in three bathrooms and a kitchen. Wow, and, uh, I know. And uh, and I lied about the guitar. Okay. <laughs>
0: what a slacker! <laughs> I know.
4: Guys <laughs> doing nothing. In other words, nothing.
0: Anyway. Right? Nothing. Long story <laughs> no, I, short, I nothing. Done nothing,
1: Basically. <laughs> Let's go to the topic. Let's do this. Um, so this one, this one's Greg's. But essentially, since there's probably like three generations of people here on this podcast, we thought we'd talk about generations and sort of the differences between what was, what is, and what could be, right? So Greg comes from an era where you sort of were taught to be self-reliant all the way down to, I don't know, Tim, did you have woodshop in school? Uh, not really. When I,
4: when I was in school, there was, I took like one shop class and, but there was a full shop. There was a, a metal shop, a wood shop, a garage, yeah. you know, like automotive thing, but automotive, right, but yeah. what it kind of, the way my school was set up and I'm still angry about it. I, I must've mentioned it before on the, the podcast, but it was like, it's at some point in time they, in middle school, they decided whether we were quote college bound or not. Cause this is in the eighties when everything was about going to college, you know, and um, and so I, I tested that I was college material. And like my best friend uh, in middle school, we was play guitar together, like he wasn't, right? Smartest guy I know too, you know, but it was just for whatever reason, like you know, book smarts, whatever, they had these ways of, so basically like he spent his entire high school career in the basement learning all these things.
0: And I spent mm-hmm. my
4: entire high school career learning all these different things, you know? Um, and I never got an opportunity to know how much I liked working with my hands. And, and it's like, I, I knew I was like an artsy type, and so, I was always gravitating towards music and art um and even in my music, like I was like I would pick the biggest instrument and I would pick like the you know, I ended up playing the double bass, I kept looking for things that were more physical and It wasn't until years and years later that I realized that it wasn't i mean i I do love playing music and stuff, but it was like the physicality of it like that I was into, and, and right you know I never got that opportunity in school because by then it was kind of like that the beginning of this the end of. Shop class, right? Yeah.
1: So I was, I probably was subject to the end of the end. Um, I was in high school in the 90s, and my high school had a full shop, right? We had the the facilities, but we didn't have the teachers and we didn't have the classes. And it was like, it was a hallway off of the gym. And I'd kind of be like, I look in there every once in a while, and I'd be like, what's (laughs) going on in there? Oh, you can't go in there. You can't go in there. It's like, okay. But like at home, my dad was always very, like, he was very hands-on with stuff, like, I mean, he was the one who changed the light bulbs and whatever, changed out the outlets and stuff, um, but when I got old enough, he sort of passed the torch to me, and I sort of, I became that guy at home and, frankly, in my neighborhood, um, but it didn't really happen until years and years later that I became what we call now a maker, I was just handy, uh, and sometimes handsy, but uh, for the most <laughs> part, you didn't really... You didn't really have that influence. It didn't really exist. Everything was exactly as you say, Tim. Everything was like, okay, you finish high school, you go to university. Boom, bye. And everything was very academic and very – you didn't have that opportunity for the trades or for hands-on work. And that's coming back.
4: I wanna, I wanna just jump in real quick. My, my buddy, I talked to my, my buddy, my, we've been friends for 35 years. We still see each other. We played in bands most of the time, but all through high school, like I never saw him because he was in the basement and I was, we ended up, i moved away, went to college, of course, and I didn't want to, and I dropped out. But, you know, years later, we reconnected. It was probably a period of about six, eight years we didn't know each other. And we became friends again. We ended up actually buying houses at the same time in, a, in another town. Um, like he was, we actually when I bought my first house, he sold his first house. He bought a second house in cash and I had no mortgage at like 26 years old. And this is the kid Crazy. that they said wasn't wow. smart. You know what I mean? In, in quotes. <laughs> um, you know, he started a landscaping business. Bought it, bought and paid for a house mm. on a lake. You know what I mean? And then sold it and just like didn't work anymore. He like semi What a dummy! Right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. So one day I go over his house. Send that kid to college. <laughs> <laughs> one day I go over his house, and this is before the internet, basically. You know, and he's got a uh, he's got a book on his. He got out of the library called How to Build a Shed. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, I'm going to build a shed. I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, I'm like, didn't really think about it. I was like, "That's people don't do that. You don't build a shed with that. You know, you go to Home Depot and you buy the one that's <laughs> right." I didn't you so buy a like, shed.
0: Yeah.
4: Right. I didn't. I didn't get it. Like, yeah. you know, he was like, "I'm going to build a shed," and so then like I go <clears> over like, a couple days later, and there's a shed in his yard. And I'm like, "What?" Happened? He's like, "I built a shed." I'm like, "What? You just three days ago you had a book, and now you have a shed?" He's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that was like where I really started, you know, like learning and like. And then he came to my house. He built a cabinet for my sink because the cabinet was falling apart. And he like, you know, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, you got like 50 bucks, we'll go buy some plywood and make a cabinet. I'm like, what do you, what? I, 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 I have to get a cabinet guy. He's like, no, you don't. And that, that was like really started, I was like, this is what you learned in school. I'm telling him about Wagner, you know, and dangling participles or whatever, and he's fixing my damn cabinet that's falling apart, you know?
3: Yeah. Like, well, you know, like, like Phil was saying, one, of, not only craftsmanship, that's generational and was passed down years ago, and I learned a lot of things from my elders. Um, But even the simple handyman thing, that's why, Phil, you're the guy on the the whole block that takes care of things, because that's lost, too. Yeah. I'm not talking about craftsmanship. I'm not talking about woodworking Mm. and metalworking. I'm talking about being able to fix a squeaky floor or your faucet stripping. All of those types of things are... are, That's a lost art as well, I think. Because I... I've never been to be able. Nobody in my family could ever afford to call out somebody to come fix the water. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, it was just like yeah, big time. Not in my neighborhood. Yeah. The, the, the plumbers didn't go. And besides, in my neighborhoods I lived in, the plumber comes up, his van would get stolen or whatever. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's just. I mean, we didn't. We could. We couldn't call up repairmen to fix things. You know. Right. There was no Maytag repairman. There was. There was. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, I want to give a shout out to my ex-wife. She emailed me or messaged me the other day. She's all, hey, what do you think about me trying to repair the pump on my washing machine? I think the pump's out. I'm like, I think you should give it a try. A pump is way a lot cheaper than a washer. She, two hours later, or uh, two days later, she texted me again, I fixed my washing machine. Wow. She looked a couple YouTube videos up, and she bought the pump. It was only 70 bucks, and she fixed her own washing machine. Amazing. So, amazing heidi good job and anyway
2: one tenth on. of the price of a cheap new one i yeah. mean that, oh yeah yeah literally that was the thing when, when our when we were growing up well my grandfather went to uh, eighth grade uh, in Chehalis, washington his dad died and they had a farm so he had to take over the farm he died a multi-millionaire who could uh draft plans for houses he could do everything he had several businesses uh, and that we kind of grew up with that. You need to be a self-made person, but you need to be able to do stuff. It's not like he wouldn't call a handyman because he liked giving people jobs for sure. But when my kids left home, each of them got a book called How to Fix Anything. It was a Reader's Digest. Remember that series I, of I like had time that. Life yeah. and Reader's I had, Digest. My dad gave me his. I still have yep. some of those. Yep. Yes, you give it to your to your even my daughter because Kate and I. Well. Um, during covid while rory was over at his dad's one of our four-year-old grandsons she and i built a complete yard gym thing with a fort and a swing set and a slide and a climbing wall and all that and she was up there with the drill and she was sawing and doing all that stuff um it's it's not male or female Mm -hmm. it's everybody needs to learn how to do this i mean she can change a tire on her car she had to learn the hard way but (laughs) Uh, that that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. is, you know as the old guy here. Well, well, um, so let,
4: let me ask you, Pop are, Pop. Um, yeah. So as the as the quote old guy, your words. <laughs> um, you don't have to what, use the quotes. Bill's yeah. words. <laughs> you, you've got you've got like a Twitter amount of time to get like a young person's attention, like a Gen Zer's attention, like to to hip them to 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 working with their hands and to like figuring stuff out instead of hiring someone. How do you? What's your like? Not because you don't want to give them like the when what's I was your, your age speech. What's your what's your elevator pitch to get people that don't make making? No pressure.
2: The you know I don't I don't run into that many of those. Our eighteen uh, year old grandson just graduated from high school, got the president's scholarship at OSU. He's a brainy, played in four bands. He's a trumpeter and he plays the French horn and all that. But when he was in eighth grade, he had to make a trebuchet for a science project. Yeah. Hmm. And that's when he became my apprentice in the shop. Right. Yeah. He's, yeah. And so for for four years now, five years, he's been. By the way, we got an A plus on. It. <laughs> um, mostly because everybody else was making desktops, and he said, "What's the biggest piece of two by four you have around the shop?" So we made one that had an arm that was six foot four and could throw an orange eighty yards. Uh, <laughs> but, and you know, the the most telling thing he said to me is. I don't need a shop class. I have you. Mm.
1: Yeah, most people and don't. He has. Right?
2: Yeah, and he right, and he has friends who want to learn to do things. Our granddaughters, when they have come out to visit, they live in in Tennessee, have all made something, and we've filmed it while they're here. Uh, I have a grandson-in-law who just made stuff for their new baby, and I encouraged him to go find a maker where he was, which he did uh, in Chattanooga, found a guy who would take him under his wing, let him use his equipment. See, I think the biggest thing is I have shop equipment, yeah, and that's what intrigues people to, you know, if you can get their parents to agree to it. um, I let him use chop saws early on because that's a hard one to really hurt yourself on, not like a table saw or a bandsaw or that, but Okay, you could do it, Phil. But, I mean, <laughs> other people have a hard time hurting
1: themselves. Up. Feels like Basic chopper. safety. Wait a minute. Oh. What,
0: what's but it, the age we,
1: you're talking about where they can't hurt themselves with a With
0: Supervision, any age.
1: Two years old. Yeah. Supervision. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: I don't let our four year old grandson okay. do it, but it's not, it's not getting that person's attention now. I don't know if we can get them, except when our kids' friends see that I can make something. Then they want that thing, and I tell them to go over to Cory, my son's shop, and go make it themselves, mm-hmm. and it's encouraging, mm-hmm. and he can help them with it. I don't know. I think it has to start much younger. Our One of our four-year-old grandsons was over, and we made a helicopter out of scrap wood, and if I showed you the wood, you wouldn't recognize it as a helicopter. But literally, he built something with skids on the bottom and a, a propeller that rotates— and he loves that kind of stuff. He calls this uh, Solomon and Pop-Pop shop. Right. Yeah. He doesn't think any of the other kids get to use it. So it has to start. It's a it's a mindset more than a, a how-to to me. That what you're doing with Vance and what you're doing with Jake and Emmy and I don't know the AJ, youngest yeah. ones. Cause she, AJ hasn't been in the shop yet.
1: It's mostly Jake and yeah, Emmy. Yeah, I right would now. think not. Kind of slacker.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and what Bill does with Danny and that... <laughs>
3: Well, I can give an example and maybe answer the the Gen Z question part of that because I've recently done this um, to get somebody that's not interested at all. And this isn't in shop, but Greg, you talked about uh, your your daughter learning how to change a tire. I had an example in order to get somebody who was 12 years old, 13 years old. I don't know what Gen Z is. Anyway, like a a young teen uh, to help me change a tire. I asked for their help and said, hey, do me a favor. Can you look up how to change a tire on, on your phone? And so they did. And I'm saying, all right, what do we do? Let's help me walk me through this. Well, you got to open, you got to get out the jackets. Okay, I know where that is. So I, I let them use something they're comfortable with, pretend to help me change this tire. And before we were done, they were doing it. You know what right. I'm saying? So I, I think one way to answer the question is. You got to infuse a little bit of new stuff right. to teach people how to do the old stuff. Because if I would have just said, "Hey, can you get the jack out? Okay, now undo the lug nuts. Okay, now you know all these things," that would have been interesting. But when they're able to still keep their face right in their yeah. comfort zone in their phone, that's interesting. And and teach me how to do this thing, you know. That's a really good idea. It was, yeah. It was fun. Yeah,
0: because those yeah, who can't, I mean,
3: can't with, do with Charlie teach.
2: Right. With, with Charlie and the trebuchet. Now, I had built trebuchet with another grandson and with a couple of sons. We built trebuchets over time because we like chunking things. But um, I made him go on YouTube and look up trebuchet building so that he could get an idea of what he was building. And I made him, uh, you know, find all the parts. And whenever he wanted to build something, I would say, go find a video or go find a pattern or go find something. And then we'll go to SketchUp. So he could learn a CAD cam way of doing the drawing for it. And I I think you're right, Bill. A lot of it was just, uh, yeah, I know you don't like it, Bill, but uh, uh, he did. I like
3: sketch up on my hamburger with a little mustard.
2: (laughs) You know, I think what really shocked me is when one of our granddaughters, who are now like 27, when she came when she was a teenager and said, uh, Genki, I don't know how to write a check. How do you write a check? I thought, "Uh uh-oh. We have gotten a long ways away from self-sufficiency, and that's when we started paying more attention to teaching things like this. Mm. And you know, my my pet peeve is that for 20 years we sent everybody to college, and you know, I have four kids. They have all been to college. Some have finished, some have not, because it wasn't for them. One's gone on for graduate degrees, and he does well with that. Got an MBA and all that. But the one who's a, got a construction company and is a you know in a roofing company, he's very successful as well. One's a car dealer with two dealerships in Tennessee. Uh, my daughter Kate, I went before she had Rory. He, he has um, special needs, so he, she's got to be with him. He needs a nurse 24 hours a day. But before that she was uh, in a preschool person. I mean, college is not the be all and end all of everything that I think people at one time thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I think
3: we're learning and now. We, it's actually... yeah. We drove
2: people into that. Uh, yeah,
1: I think that's been figured out And we out made now.
2: them be... F- yeah. Well, it's a business. It, College yeah. is a business. It, and oh my and God, we got marketed
1: to, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. Yep. They sold yeah. it to us. But think of That's four years that you could have learned to do something. Like apprenticing in a craft or just picked up stuff. I learned how to build... Uh, car engines during that time you know just all these kinds of things that you could learn to do but you have to spend and college is intense now not when I went it was easy
1: now it's
0: this intense (laughs) competitive
1: (laughs) uh, yeah college wasn't easy when I did it either to be honest with you Um, well I went to a school with 800 students so it was pretty easy we were several thousand but uh, more than several thousand actually we are probably about 10 or 20 thousand but you know the difference is I live in Canada where you know college is maybe five or six thousand dollars a year, um, so your whole right. your whole bachelor's degree costs you about fifteen grand. So It's not a not a crazy endeavor. Uh, I, I think
4: that's what we paid years. on for lunch for Maddie. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah.
2: Oh yeah. yeah, I mean just the yeah just the uh, the little card for the dorm stuff. Yeah. No, I, I know Charlie's scholarship is $11,000 a year, and it's an in-state college, and that's a full ride. So it's $55,000 to go to school. Well, I probably didn't pay that for all my degrees combined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's hey, so, crazy. So Greg, it is a business. Greg,
3: being the, the father time of the group here, mm-hmm. as, you're standing, as you're standing on the mountain, Why you laughing? as you're standing on the mountain and you're overlooking this new world what do you what do you actually see as far as gaining some of these lost skills back do you actually see that there's a a comeback i know in the maker community there is but do you actually see that it's actually becoming a thing now where even parents are trying to learn skills to pass on to their kids or they're learning it for the first time and maybe the kids are getting i think they're
2: learning it for the first time what i see is what what sparked this again to me is robotics 3d printers and cad cam yeah. yeah, I I don't like any of those things. I'm sorry. I'm still a traditional hybrid woodworker. Uh, I suppose if I had room, I'd get a CNC. But seriously, it's just too much programming. And I watched Tim struggle with it. And it's, no, thanks. But I don't struggle uh, with it? I it, own that it, it, thing. It, it, I'm a
4: master. Struggle with it? <laughs> yeah,
2: right. <laughs> Over the years, let's go back to to episode forty-five, let's not do that. and then you tell me. <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it is that the thing that's really encouraging to me is that our Museum of Science and Industry is down the street from the train museum, and they have a maker fair every year, mm-hmm. and it's filled with kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, third graders, fourth graders. When I see the robotics classes in the high schools, yeah, uh, they're filled. Uh, I finished my career at a at a community college here in the town I work in, and. Um, uh, the manufacturing is a big deal here, and guys can make. You can start at fifty grand as a welder around here because they build ships and trains and all that, and that is incredible. Uh, so I see that that just the maker stuff. Carl, you know who Carl Jacobson is? Oh yeah, he's a local Portlander. yeah too. No, I never yeah. heard of him. No, it sounds familiar. His, he just did a video with his son on Sunday, uh, yeah, turning I saw that. a bowl. Yeah, it's just I love this, but I don't. I think there's a generation where we're not going to teach them the middle people how to be interested in that stuff but they're allowing their kids to be more interested in it. They come to the the train museum to learn about motion and building things and that's why we keep a full machine shop there that people can look at.
4: Yeah, the the, the push for the STEM education is is being, you know, received and heard and you, you might be right that the parents that are putting their kids in the STEM classes, they might not to that but I, I think right. what's you know like you were saying it like 100% right about the 3D printers and the robotics like that's like the gateway drug to get them interested in it because <laughs> it connects mm-hmm. them to, yes. to yeah. it connects them to the technology that they're growing up with and this life that they're growing up with and you know like what guys like us can do is we can like there's a point where the 3D printer is just going to start disappointing you like it's not fast enough and it's not going to do what you need and that's where you need a table saw you know what I mean and so it's like guys like us we, oh, need, yeah. to be, we need to bridge that that
3: gap and that, that's well, it, I mean it, a big part of what the, I do
4: I, I like to bridge the technology stuff like the hand plane all the way to the CNC Yeah, you, know? yeah,
3: you, you got to marry those two yeah. things like oh you got that yeah, cool 3D yeah. printer I hate that thing what can you make me that I can add to this or or you know let's do a project you know collab together again mm-hmm. making them teach you something at the same time where okay if you want to fit that if you want to fit square peg into this box you got to help me make the box of your little plastic peg you know
1: you know what though yep. I think we got to feel, feel the dreams this thing right so Build it, and they will come, right? So I think yeah. you have to be an example, and you have to be loud and proud about what we do. So in my circle of friends, I am that guy who can sort of do everything, as I'm sure you guys are in yours. And uh, yeah. and so, like, yeah. for example, tonight we were at a uh, at a socially distanced barbecue, and uh, and that's why you were late. And that's why I was late. Oh, now the truth comes out. I hey, never. Could
2: la- we do one thing? Could we not say socially distant anymore? It's just physically distant. Right, right. You were social. Well, I mean, he, I, I agree, agree to Bill disagree. I mean, to be socially distant all his life, but... No,
1: I wasn't particularly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but all to say is that, you know, like, anytime something's broken or anything like that, the parents always reference me to their kids, and the kids then come and they ask me questions, and that's what it's all about. It's just getting the kids that to is. understand that these things are not... You don't have to call a guy... That you can ask questions. Frankly, the most important thing that I stress to my own kids is imagination and bravery, right? Because you can do anything. You just have to have the imagination to know that you can do it, and you have to have the bravery to give it a shot. Because what's the worst thing that's going to happen? The dryer's not going to be any more broken than it already is. Well, actually... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well in my case it got fixed yeah. so <laughs> I'm just saying um, you
4: know I, <laughs> you know I had I mean? an in- I had an interesting little experience with Vance uh, the last time he was at the shop a few days ago you know we bought that hundred dollar lawn tractor and, um, yes. and it has oh, like yeah. a little trailer and you know so so I'm trying to organize and clean some stuff we're moving stuff from one bay of the garage to another and so I had Vance bring the trailer in and we loaded it all up with like some nuts and bolts and some stuff and then we drove it ten feet you know to <laughs> to, sure. to sense the- so the um uh under the weight the tires were low and under the weight the tire just went and just you know lost all its air and so we okay you know tires out of air so we entered the cart and and then brought it out to put air in the tire but it's a tubeless tire and i admit i'm 47 years old and i've never had to put air in a tubeless tire and so i'm like looking at it like well how do you get air to say because it's all just loose on the wheel and there's no tube and um and so i'm like Trying to Holy Trying to see, You know You know how to do it Greg But I didn't So I'm, I'm trying I know now Wow So I had never done it I'd never had one go flat And so I'm well, like Tell us to, How do you do it I'm trying to squeeze it You put a band around the middle And right. squeeze it to, Yeah so I'm, to I'm trying to squeeze it With my see, hands And it's not working Because my hand's not big enough And so I couldn't get it And I couldn't <laughs> seal it And so I, I tell Vance I'm like Just like what Bill was saying I'm Like, we well, like Grab a phone How do you put air In a tubeless tire You find a guy on YouTube And he says You wrap a rope around the middle And then you just You, you tw- right. turn the rope with like a tourniquet, and it squeezes it evenly, so it can then pushes against the wall of the tire, the wheel evenly, and then you can hold the air. So it's you know it's a pretty
3: simple. So you opted you opted not for the lighter fluid and you know stand back and run and light it on fire and it pops <laughs> yeah. into place. I've <laughs> seen that trick. You've seen that? I have uh, seen that. They, yeah, do no. that.
1: they did that in. Uh, in the Arctic. <laughs> I had
3: uncles that used to do yeah. that, but yeah, no, that didn't <laughs> seem <laughs> like did the way right. to
1: do it. Yeah. In Arctic <laughs> expeditions where you couldn't do that, and they had to oh, get yeah. the tire back right. on. Because it slipped off because the big machines, they kind of roll sideways because of the way the ice works. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get Mm -hmm. on was exactly what you said. Butane and lighter.
3: (laughs) It's a starter fluid version. But don't try this at home. We just just threw it away (laughs) and bought (laughs) a new one.
1: Yeah, that's what you're supposed (laughs) to (laughs) (laughs) do. the guy to
2: do
4: it but but what, what i like to <laughs> but that is that is it what i liked about this it, story was i'm sorry i'm just going to interrupt you real quick what i liked about the story was no, is that i'm right. always telling vance that like like i don't care what he knows what i want is for him to know how to learn and and it was an example for me to show him that i don't know everything and that's okay and i'm not i'm not like a like a bad maker or a bad it's like that because we can learn and we learned and we did it and so within a matter of minutes we had a flat tire that we didn't know how to fix and then we knew how to fix it and we did. And that's what I wanted him to see was that progress. And that's like, you know, makes it realistic and something like, now it can be solved. It's, you know, we can do it. And I wanted him to see me not know how to do something. I thought that was great,
3: you know. Yeah, figuring it out yeah, exactly. is also a lost yep, art, yeah. right? Yep, yep. Yep. Yep.
1: That's true, too. And I, uh,
4: but yep. that's another,
3: another answer that we're never going to
1: gonna get back, though, keep in mind. Figuring it yeah. out is gone. Because YouTube just tells us how to do it.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, but that is figuring. That's the new figure. It it out. It but that's not figuring
1: out. That's just. We might. We might have gone to get a
3: book, like you said. Your buddy went and got a book to build that yeah. the shed, right? What's, What's the, the book? book? It well, now it's YouTube. What's the book? Yeah. Yeah. Talk
2: to your uncle. For me, it was go talk to Uncle Larry, yeah. and he'll teach you how to build anything because he was a you know a carpenter and a joiner, yeah. and he could do that. Or talk to Salvador, who can make anything out of concrete, but. But the, the what I've learned in this is when a kid comes over, it doesn't have to be perfect, and it definitely doesn't have to be mine.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I can't be doing it. Right. They have to be able to take it home and say, I did this. And with all its warts and all that stuff, that was not easy for me. Yes. That was not easy for me. I'm too perfectionistic. I've been trying to get over that for all 70 of my years, and... Uh, it, it it's hard but the disappointment when you take something away and you do it instead of having the kid do it uh i worry that that didn't just drive them away forever mm. so i've had to really control myself to make sure that when the product is done it's theirs i'll do the unsafe part sure. the table saw yeah. and the, but using a drill screwing things together let it be crooked uh, using it yep let it be crooked. Let it be crooked. Yeah, absolutely. But let it be theirs. Uh, yep. And let it be theirs, and that's what makes a big difference. Well,
3: sure. if that doesn't sound like a, a wrap-up yeah. statement, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Let it be crooked, <laughs> but it. let it be theirs. Let it be theirs. I think we're good. I well like
1: done. Yep. Um, All done. Right. Let's go on to um, iTunes reviewers. Do we have any reviews this week? Uh,
4: no, we don't. But we don't think but so. we did Thanks have here. a we did have a phone call.
1: Oh, that's right. Oh, okay, we good, get good, phone good. Call.
4: good, So, uh, I'm going to insert the phone call here, Greg. I I can give it to you to hear later. Because <laughs> yeah. we're going to do the... I'll hear, it. I'll hear it when the podcast comes right. out. Right, the, so, so the, the magic of editing, and so here's the thing.
0: Hi, this is Andrew from Hatch Made It. I figured I might as well follow up John Made It with a voicemail. Tim uh, Sway often proclaims himself the fairy godmother of getting people to quit their jobs and take up making, so here's my here's my question. Mr. Sway, I am your uh, Cinderella. Give me the advice that I need to take my hobby slash side hustle to a full-time business. Keep in mind that I'm already self-employed, so I already know the misery of that, and uh, this is just changing the misery to something I may enjoy a little bit more. Thanks for any advice, and uh, look forward to blaming you for my future failures.
4: So that, um, that, that was Andrew Hatch from uh, Hatch Made It, and uh, thank you very much for your phone call, and it was basically directed to me. Um, so uh, I would say the best way to get started on this business, it sounds like you already know what to do because you already, you already are self-employed. So it's probably the same way you started this business, it's part-time. You know, keep, keep your, your regular steady stream of income going and start this other stream of income until it can overtake the one that you want it to overtake. Uh, it's really all about, you know, just like planning and perseverance, but... If you want to get a little more specific, I would say um, find a niche, you know, too. Like, you know, like for me it was when I – it was reclaimed. That was my niche. And that, that niche mm-hmm. might might be you, – you might have to be a little more specific now. Um, you know, I mean, there's still there's still a place for that. But I, I think, you, you know, you might need to be a little more specific than just reclaim. Like when I started, just like reclaimed anything, you know. Um, Do you guys have any other advice for, for uh, Andrew? No, I, I want no, to elaborate. No, can, can you just – Go ahead.
3: I was going to say, Phil, just give Andrew Tim's uh, cell number in case he has any questions. Good idea. I'll text it right away.
1: (laughs) Um, I would like to build upon what you said about niche, and that is when you give people too many options, they choose nothing. Right? So if you say, hey man, Mm -hmm. I can build anything for you. And they're like, anything. I don't know. Mm, I don't know what that means. Next. But if you say, I make reclaimed tables out of Pallet doors, whiskey boxes. I make yeah. whiskey boxes out of pallets. Yeah. <laughs> I make yeah. chessboards yeah. out of. Wh- you know what I mean? You give them a thing that they can wrap their head around, yeah. and they will buy. But if you're too general, yeah. like I don't understand why business isn't going anywhere. I told anybody that I can make anything out of anything. Okay, but yeah. th- you're putting too much onus on the client to figure out what they want. Right. What you to you- do is offer a product that they then can buy or tweak.
3: Right, so like you- I will add. Go ahead, Bo. I will add a product that is a niche thing that I I've forgotten about. This is something I did a long time ago. I used to make these as gifts for people. Make somebody their own wooden shoebox. I mean, it's it's basically it's a whiskey box, but it's like yeah. I I used to tell people this is your it's a it's a shoebox you can keep. And source is just a box to put stuff in, right? Mm-hmm. But if you market it as it's a wooden shoe box. What do nobody, wears wooden yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nobody wears wooden shoes. Yeah,
0: that's
3: nobody wears wooden shoes anymore. But I, th- I think the thing is if you if you tell people to offer up something that they don't normally yeah. have. I know what a whiskey box is, but I don't know where to get one. I mean, other than through Phil, right? I know where you know what right. I mean. So if you make it unique, it doesn't have to be the pet rock. People, come on, the pet well, rock. Well,
4: it, it's interesting too. Like you know, like if make someone a wooden box, it's like oh, I make boxes, but. Something about just adding the word shoe to it. Call it something. Yeah, yes. that shoe to it. Brand yeah. it something.
1: And then it's so a well, could you, box. So, It's a shoe could, box,
4: right? Could you make you make wooden shoe boxes? Well, could you make me a box that fits this and then insert whatever thing they need a box for? How many now times that
1: happened to me, I can't even right. tell you. Yeah. And when someone says, right. "Oh, you make whiskey but could you also make a box that could hold?" For- a wine? a wine bottle? Yeah. Oh no 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 no! Not I can't only do whiskey. that. Yeah. No, only whiskey. <laughs> I'm what specialized you whiskey about? only. The box, of course, I can make it. I don't care. Yeah. That's the funny. That's I, the funny thing. I had one thing. of
2: those. Right, I had one of those at work where we had to ship uh, 75 pound brake valves from rail cars. Can you build a box for this? It's a box. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> of course what I can. Yeah. yeah. No, if they were yeah, 60 pounds, matter. yeah, no problem, but 75. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I otherwise, can, forget yeah, 75, it. 75 is too much. Okay. Yeah. So, no, that's true. And, and also, just about that call before we move on, one of my favorite things was to hear in and Andrew in and his deep baritone to uh, to say, well, let me be your Cinderella or whatever <laughs> it was. <laughs> I just, thought, I love that. Because <laughs> he was re- referring to me. Yelling, yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll hear it. You'll hear yeah. it. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's yeah. um let's talk about our weekly tip. Who's got a hot tip? Let's go to... Let's put him on the hot seat. Greg, what's your tip this week?
2: Oh, I had one and I forgot it already.
1: <laughs> go, somebody else.
2: Somebody oh. else. I had no, one what a you, minute ago. What's,
3: what is that little thing that's holding up the tape back there? That doesn't look like a tape holder. Did you make that? What? Behind you. How are you organizing your tape? I see tape.
2: Tape? Oh. Mm- no, those are just uh, hooks in my...
4: It's a pegboard, pegboard, right? Oh, but that hooks, so, eh? That is Great. something that
2: yeah, hooks of pegboards, and I, yeah. you know, I have too many of them. But uh, I'll tell you that sliding door thing, all out of pegboard. Pegboard has more uses than I thought. If you think it's just sticking it to the wall, you are missing the boat. Make a door with pegboard on it. You can hang stuff on both sides. Oh, I yeah. love that.
0: Hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, there's oh, so there's those? your tip. I love it.
2: Those doors on that both slide to the middle, and so there's tools behind them, and there's tools on the front of them. Nice. I love it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'll That's give you great. one real great. quick. It's, it's not really so much a Good. tip as it a is. A better one. <laughs> um, so I, I finished, I basically finished the, uh, the top of this lap desk that I'm making last night, and I was thinking, you know mm-hmm. what? I really, really want to put, like, a nice oil-based finish on this thing. Um, and so I was kind of, like, thinking about it for a little while, and then I was like, Yeah, but I also don't want it to be done in a week. And also, it's made from garbage. So it doesn't need – a. I try to match the finish to the product. And and what I mean by that is if it took you a week to build the product, then it's okay to have a finish that takes a week to apply. But if I made a piece of garbage from garbage, it shouldn't take a week for that finish to cure. So I went with polycrylic. And I have to tell you, I'm so happy I went with that because in a day and a half, I put on three beautiful coats and the thing is gorgeous looking right now. You can't tell that it's made from garbage. But I think sometimes we think about finish, like we think about it too much. You know, like polycrylic is great and it's done yes. quickly.
0: Yeah.
1: It is now. My tip. It, it used to be kind Don't of Don't overthink it. now. Yeah. I find it great. Yeah, don't put it
2: outdoors, but and the other thing Phil, if you if you had used a uh, uh, an oil-based, it would still be sucking it into that chipboard. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: You'd it would never dry. Yeah, exactly. You would, jeez, mm. it'd be like oiling a cutting board. You could just do it for the rest of your life, right. and it'll <laughs> still just keep sucking it in. Yeah,
1: that was like you're lucky you didn't do that, <laughs> I, honestly, because I was really giving it. And I had I had my polyurethane, mm. my oil based polyurethane, out there. It was sitting on my bench with my little can opener dealy, and I was like, hmm, I'm gonna do it. And then I was like, yeah, you know what? Mm. I want to be able to use it this month, so changed my mind. And and that's the Before that's COVID that's another over. tip, right? It's okay to change yeah. your mind. Yeah. Just because you have a plan about mm-hmm. how you want to do something doesn't mean that's chiseled in stone. You can change what you're planning on doing and go a different direction mid-project. I had another thing that I was going to do. I have, I was going to maybe change the top up instead when I realized that it was chipboard. I have some solid panel that I was maybe right. going to use instead. I was like, you know what? It's to play video games. I could just, just <laughs> do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? like it's too much thought just do it who cares and so i plowed through and i'm so happy that i did because it came out really really well and i'll put some pictures yeah. once i'm done but it it came out really and again change of change of, of strategy i was going to do these half lap legs for it and st- instead i went with this steel tubing that you know i got for free out of this thing and you know it's okay give it, give it to change time, though what's that
3: <laughs> Give it some time, because uh, in a few years, you won't be changing your mind because you want to. You'll be changing your mind because you forgot what you were doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure, Greg, hey, that that's happens that's another all the time. joke about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure, Greg, that happens all the time. No, that's, that's a
3: joke about me. I'll be in the middle of a project <laughs> if you walk away from it for too long. It's like, now, what was I going to do with those legs?
1: Yeah.
3: Huh. Oh, come on. did oh, I know. Aim-
1: I had it a second ago. I, yeah. I, where is that chisel? I'm not I, nearly I, as old as you guys are, but I leave myself notes. About where I <laughs> left off in a project, like that yeah. art cabinet I can never thing. Find I, a pen. Okay, you have to do this. That's what's left.
3: That's another tip. That's a twofer from Phil. Oh, yeah. yes. Woof, leave
1: yourself woof. notes. We're all dummies, so just leave yourself a note. <laughs> you don't have to play a guessing game in three months. <laughs> what about you? Tim? Well, do you, done, you? Yeah. well done, boys. No? Well done. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yep. Um, what we'll grabbed your attention this week? And again, we'll go to our guest of honor, our G O H. I- I'm gonna loot this up and do a couple of shout-outs. No. Oh, okay. If you don't mind.
2: No. And they are to podcast sponsors here. I gotta tell you, I accidentally did a head-to-head test against Klingspore, which by is, by the way is the only uh, abrasives that we use in this shop. And another nice. brand that I had found one of. And I my order had not come in from Klingspore. So um, I used this other one. I used one of my last Cling Spore ones and one of this. It cuts three times faster and lasted twice as long. I was nice. shocked on the head-to-head. And I'm not talking a cheap brand. I'm talking a nationally known. So anyway, good job, those guys. Now, if Mike's listening, I'm sure he is. I've never been able to make the uh, the the uh, certificate thing from Izzy's maker thing work. So fix that for me, will you? <laughs> I never get my discount. The second thing is... I bought these babies, I got the isotunes, I have so many hearing protection things in the shop from the full headphones down to everything else. These babies are so comfortable I can wear them for eight straight hours in the shop and not hmm. feel it. Yeah. And I get to play blues the whole time I'm working or I get to play jazz the whole time I'm working through my phone. And it is, these are probably the best hearing protection I've had in a long time. So there's that. What I've been, what's interested me is I've been watching a lot from my third favorite Canadian, hmm. uh, Rob Cosman, and who you ask are the first two. Yeah, I've ne- I've never seen you skate, Phil. So I'm gonna have to go with the great one instead. Uh, uh, I'll you know, send you some <coughs> videos.
1: I skate very well. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I got to go with Wayne Gretzky All as number right, one. Sorry. You could be you could be tied, I guess. Okay. Sweet. So, but Rob Cosman, I've just been looking a lot at uh, because my hand planing. Now that I have a bench that actually works, I need to get better at tuning up my planes. And boy, his his sharpening systems are incredible. And uh, I've been watching a lot of Ann Briggs lately because she's doing what Ganga and I did when we were much younger. And that is starting a little farm and growing her own stuff and just building a lot of stuff. She has a lot more energy than I ever did, though. You know, Annabelle Trades, Ann Briggs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that's what I've been doing. I mean, I've been wa- and uh, I do want to say one other thing, and that is, I'm very proud to have one of the early uh, tiles in the guitar truck. Oh yes. And I want to encourage everybody who's listening: get your tile in that truck. Yeah. You're here. It's legacy, baby. <laughs> so Gangi and I, Gangie and I jumped in pretty quick. Yes, you
4: you were right in that first one of the first like ten or so that. That uh, came in yeah. <laughs> I think I, I attribute a lot of that To the west coast time too Because I launch my videos At midnight on Sunday um, or, or I always launch them uh, At midnight here seems unfair here, <laughs> But so it's 9pm over there So you guys like Always get a head right. start We can see them early well, I, just, I just launched <laughs> anyway. I, I forgot to mention at the top But I just put out a video Where I have this guitar strap thing I did with um, It's like a joint collaboration. love it. Um, They're made in Thailand But I made parts of them here And then I shipped them To this this sort of non-profit Yeah And, uh, and so Like same thing I, I launched it at midnight, and then all the the first sales came in from California, <laughs> then the second sales come in from England,
0: <laughs> you know, right. when they're the morning comes around,
4: because it's 5 a.m. there when I launch it, you know, right. it's kind of funny to always watch that happen. But those are good looking. Yeah, they're beautiful. Those are I, good, just, good got a whole looking. Box of I
2: got to get some for the kids. They're like... uh
4: yeah, I guess this Beautiful. Is, I'm like literally yeah. like drowning in him down here right now, like sorting because they're so they're all different, what, so I had what to What got
3: your attention, Phil, while well, Tim is uh playing with his I'm done. ...strapped there. I know. <laughs> we're, we're running along. go is ahead. Is that what he's playing with? <laughs> oh.
1: Uh okay. Uh who else? Bill, who else? Bill Bill, what have you been obsessed with?
3: <clears throat> Alright, so you, you mentioned it earlier, but so what caught my attention once again, this is this happens a lot, is this this doggone community and especially people that listen to the podcast. So a young man named June Kim, he works for a place called TurnbullRestoration.com. Check out that website. I've been talking about redoing this rifle. Uh, June just offered, he's like, dude, I kind of do this a little bit, so I might know a thing or two. A little bit. I went and checked out the website, and I'm like, oh my (laughs) gosh. This is like... Wow, just just wow. So yes, June, if you will be there for me if I have any questions, I will absolutely turn to you because it's if you're if you're involved with this place at all, it's it's just amazing. It, they, they restore old firearms and they make them look beyond amazing, beyond amazing. So now that' I've, I've talked up my rifle a little bit, it's like, well, June, I'm not gonna quite do that to it. Um, but if I ever get the money, I certainly will. But what I am going to do is take your advice on, on some of the rust removal and some other things if I, if I need your help. So th- this community, people reaching out to give me their knowledge about things that, that I may not know about. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, community. Thank you, June, especially. That was, um, it was just awesome. And everybody check out TurnbullRestoration.com. You'll see why I'm just like, blah, blah. And it's kind of tongue-tied here. Excellent, excellent, amazing maker workmanship going on over there at Turnbull.
4: Yeah, um, look, yeah I'm looking at it right now. It's, <laughs> it's pretty incredible.
1: <laughs> wow, right? Yeah. I just want to second the wow uh, for June. He's been a good friend uh, for a long time, and uh, I just want to say I appreciate you. Um, what I've been into is what my son is into, and that is Minecraft. He is so into this game, <laughs> it's hmm. insane. <laughs> and because I want to, and I, <clears throat> I believe in the, in the strategy of uh, be into what your kids are into, so that you know, that you're just connected that way. I've gotten into it, and it's just incredible. You want to talk about uh, STEM or Steam, and sort of like all this game has it. It's so weird to talk about this, but this video right. game is right. has physics right. and, um, and it has making in it, like. My yeah, son alchemy. talks about things like smelting ore, and he talks yeah. about like how to make things. And um, and you can create circuitry in this game by creating machines that make things for you. If you if you haven't checked it out and you have kids, dude, get in there and check it out. You don't need out. kids
3: to play that game. Yeah, no, not at all. It's yeah. not a
1: kid's game. Yeah. But it's accessible uh, real quick,
3: to kids. have uh, time, th- Phil and Tim. In Boston, you two were out doing something, Gwen and Vance were up in the room, and I, w- I went to bed early, I went to say goodnight to Vance, and I sat down on the couch with him, yeah. and we were playing a video game, t- was that Minecraft? Do you remember? At that
4: point in time, it might have been. Yeah, was he like, was like all kind of square looking things, and...
3: Yeah, like little blocks yeah, and stuff, and you Minecraft. build it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I sat and I played, <laughs> the only time I've ever played a video game in my life was with Vance Maker in wow. Boston, playing Minecraft. In a hotel room. Yeah. It's crazy. While his dad was out partying wow. the day. That's Look at that story. connection. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's awesome. So, you know, you can do all kinds of things with it. And uh, and I made a little uh, Minecraft server at our house so that we can play together and we can interact and I had to turn off player versus player because he kept killing me on purpose and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so now he can't. But, uh, but I, like, and there's so much you can do. Like, this game you think is, oh, okay, whatever, you build a house and then you get some weapons and then you're good, right? You can, you can spend years in this game, it's insane. Mm. So it I've, uh, to, to be able to speak his language because he's so into it, he geeks out about it like crazy, and he's seven. So, I've gotten into it, and I'm like, hey, Jake, how do you make a, an iron ore uh, ingot machine? And he's like, oh, well, you need redstone, you need to do this, you need to do this, and then you can do this. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So, um, just to stay connected to him, and frankly, I got addicted to it myself, so I'm into it, and that's what I've been obsessed with. Which, by the way, we got from what's the, um, what was Ben's podcast, or still is Ben's podcast? That's what the term they use. They
3: modern Maker?
1: Modern, modern Maker mm-hmm. podcast. So that's what they say. Is like every week is like, what are you obsessed with, right? And some for the me this week, that's legit. This is what I'm obsessed with.
0: <laughs>
1: I love it. Yes. I love it. Um, so that's that's pretty much it. So our websites are williamlutes.com, timsway.net, newperspectivesmusic.com, and Greg, what's the website you wanna plug? Ooh. Uh, well, Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace is being rebuilt, but our Etsy
2: store is called Spring Chickens. <laughs> 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 that <laughs> seems take like a g- lie. Uh, take a g- <laughs> you lie! <laughs> Liar! You know, what happened was Gangi and her cousin, Bryn, uh, all the, I've known them since they were 16. They've always talked about having a shop together. When they retired, they went and got a brick-and-mortar store and put it together locally and one of the kids said why are you doing that you're not spring chickens anymore and they said we have a name <laughs>
0: nice <laughs> well done so
2: spring chickens yeah that's our etsy store awesome and she does I, we didn't even talk about ganges art but she takes 100 percent reclaimed stuff that she finds all over and makes wall art out of it someday i'll, I'll send you some pictures and yeah, stuff please it's do. pretty nice. fantastic please do yeah Amazing. it's pretty fantastic so I'm almost out of battery, so... Okay, well, I'll hurry up then. Ooh,
1: Contact yeah. us for show topic suggestions, <laughs> feedback, all the good stuff we love hearing from you guys. Info at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com, or hit us up on Twitter at ReclaimedAudio. On iTunes, leave us those reviews. You better, or Bill will be after you. Five-star yep. reviews get read out Go loud, regardless Wine. of what the content is. And Patreon.com slash ReclaimedAudio, the best way to keep us on the air, and the best way to keep Greg on the show for some reason. And... Um, <laughs> So, uh, no. and support, and, support, support and support, support, support. And huge shout out, shout out yeah. to Greg, not only for being on the show tonight, but for all of the support, oh, thanks, guys. both here. financial yes. and moral. So thank you, Greg. Thank you. Gang-y. Love you
2: guys. Love you guys. We love you. for sure. We love you thank too. You, and thank so you, you very much Me for doing and this. Love you. All right. Remember only the best
1: dads get promoted to pop pop as the <laughs> shirt says. <laughs> yes. Please remember that. Um, Peace brothers. And that being said, have a great week guys. See you next week.
3: Yeah. Bye, everybody. Be good.